Welcome to the Brain Trust Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. Whether you're a leader, a coach, a salesperson, or even a parent, this podcast focuses on how to leverage the science of decision-making to help you become a more impactful communicator and a driving force for change. All right, well, welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. And and if you've not listened to us before, you have picked a fantastic day to jump into your first episode of the podcast because today's episode is one of my favorite thought leaders of all time. And uh, you're familiar with the name for sure. We have Tom Ziegler with us today. And many of you have followed uh, Tom and his wisdom for years. And many of you have also followed his father, Zig, and, and his wisdom for years. And guess what? It's genetic. (laughs) That wisdom has permeated through generations. And I can tell you, as someone who is a huge fan of of the Ziegler, and I I hate to even call it a brand, um, it's the Ziegler Ziegler philosophy. And and I think many of you out there that are listening share the same philosophy. And um, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've, I've quoted Zig or Tom, hopefully given them credit. Probably sometimes it just flowed out of my mouth without even realizing where it came from because it was so ingrained in, in, in who I was. And so, Tom, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, what an honor to be on. I'm excited. And uh, any, any group that's called Brain Trust, it gets, me, it, gets my, uh, it gets my juices flowing. I love the subject. Great. Fantastic. Well, as, as, uh, as you and I were talking in the pre-show, that in, the, the podcast is really about change. And so... Before we jump in, and by the way, if you've if you've not picked up Tom's latest book, Choose to Win, I encourage you to go out and do so right away. The link will be in the landing page. But we're going to get into his book in a little bit, um, in a few minutes. But before we do, I want to just jump into some general topics in your life experience around the human condition relative to change resistance. And in your life, what have you seen, and whether personally and or as a coach and a mentor to so many? What have you seen in people that always causes that resistance to change? You know, I think it's really just a mindset. Um, We like consistency. We like to do what we've always done. Unfortunately, the reality is uh, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get less than you used to get because the the world's moving at hyperspeed. So you can't even stay the same, right? You can't even expect the same results. I mean, Anything that you look at is that way. Now, wait a minute. I, I want to pause already. So the old phrase, the old quote used to be, if you do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten. And you just took it and put it on steroids and said, now, let me make sure my, I got that right. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get less than you used to get. Is that right? Is that what you just said? Yeah, you can go through every area of life and just compare it. Um, you know, um, let's just say in your 20s, early 20s, what did you eat? Well, if you're in your 60s and you eat the same way, what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, our, our metabolism, our physiological needs, everything's different. So right. the results, the results in most cases aren't going to be good. Relationships. Uh, when we first got married or, you know, our relationship was at a certain level and we did certain things and then we both grew and changed. So if I keep behaving like I did when we were first married and didn't know any better, what's going to happen to the relationship? I mean, it's right, just, right. a change isn't, you know, change. We all know that change is inevitable and it's coming. Um, 
And, and there's a new concept that's kind of struck my mind. Uh, and I think this is a great um, way to look at change. Uh, one of our certified trainers, his name is Carrie Lowe. He talks about the comfort zone and he says the comfort zone is an, is it, it's an invented space. There is no such thing as the comfort zone. And, but because we've invented it, it's very comfortable to stay there. Right. So the comfort zone could also be called the change free zone. <laughs> right. right. But if you're in sales, if you're in business, uh, if you're in medicine, we all know this. Uh, we're either growing or we're dying. We're either getting closer to the sale or we're getting further from the sale. Nothing's ever static, right? We're either moving in the right direction, which I call growth, or we're falling away from the right direction, which I call death. So everybody just change your mindset right now. There's really only two places you could be in, either the growth zone or the death zone. The comfort zone's an invented thing that doesn't exist. So I choose the growth zone, and boy, growing is where all the fun happens. Amen to that. And you're uh, you're preaching a language that's very similar to those who are familiar with. We call it the safety box. And uh, when we teach our programs, we talk about how because now the research will show us that as human beings, we're wired for self-preservation that we wake up every day and our default setting is, is risk aversion. It's safety first. And so we're in that mindset. So the thing that's, what I love what you're, how you're describing it is, is that we've made up, we've invented the safety boxes. And I tell folks a lot, we teach that you've got a million of them. You've created a million safety boxes in your life, personally and professionally. And when you're in one, you feel safe, even though they're imaginary. And the minute somebody asks you to do something different, that's not in one of your safety boxes, your brain sends up all these red flags and says, Hey, this is danger. And, uh, the crew, you remember the crudes, the movie, the Disney movie, the crudes, Grug crude, everything new was bad, right? New idea, bad. So he lived in a safety box and refused to change until what the world imploded around him and he had no choice, uh, but to do something different. And I think that's your, what you're speaking about. That imaginary invention of our safety box can hold so many people slave, uh, right. to, to status quo. So that's fantastic. Um, when you've worked with folks in the past, and we're going to get into this because I don't want to jump too far ahead into the book because there's a couple concepts I really want to, to explore with you. You start the book Choose to Win out with exactly where we teach our clients, and it's the most uncomfortable thing that they, they learn, but yet it's the most powerful, and it's the concept of why. And you start chapter one with how it, it starts with why. And I want, if you could express a little bit about your experience I love your perspective on this piece specifically, Tom, is that we make everybody who goes through any of our programs build their own why story. They have to. It doesn't matter whether you're a salesperson, a marketer, or CEO. You've got to have your own why story. They push back a lot of times because they find it to be too personal and not, and not enough of the credibility professionalism that they've been used to because they're so trained the wrong way. They're ingrained in their old training. Can you explain, express a little bit of your thoughts around how to know your why and the importance of being able to express that why? Yeah, so let me back up and um, kind of give some research because I'm a, one of my friends called me an intellectual engineer. Nice. Yeah, so I got the big head. I looked it up on Google, and there's an acronym for intellectual engineer, and it's N-E-R-D. <laughs> I suspected <laughs> that might be where that was going. <laughs> 
So I'm going to tell a story because we remember best in stories. We were talking about that earlier. Um, I always wondered how come Zig Ziglar had such an impact from the stage? I mean, every day, literally, we get testimonials about how his presentation led to the change of their life. Hmm. And I know you've had the similar experience that I've had where you go and hear other speakers and it's awesome. You take tons of notes. And then six months later, you review the notes and you're scratching your head like, wow, I should have done that. Right. 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 No, no, I've never had that happen. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't relate. (laughs) So what's the difference between the person who we take the notes and we think that's great, but we never do it versus the one that we just go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And we go and do it. So what's the difference between implementation or just letting it stop at that? Oh, that's a good idea phase, right? Because really what we want is influence and we want influence so that people will implement. Right. Otherwise there is no, there is no improvement. There is no difference. There is no change. So I studied that and I was trying to figure out my intellectual engineer brain, the nerd in me said, you know, what is it that dad does that gets uh, people to change, you know, to try something different. And I was reading the book, The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, uh, which went into the concept of identity. And so whenever you hear a classic Zig Ziglar speech that's more than 40 minutes long, he always tells his story. And his story is... You know, he was, his dad died when he was five. He went to work when he was six. He never did well in school. He gets out of school. He goes into the Navy. He does some college while he's in the Navy. He doesn't do well in college. He gets out and then he gets his first sales job. And for two and a half years, he doesn't sell anything. Well, he does. He sold his car, sold his furniture. <laughs> and then this guy named PC Merrill comes to him, puts his hands on his shoulders and said, Zig, in all my years, I've never seen such a waste. But if you believed in yourself and went to work on a regular schedule, you could be a champion. So what happened in that moment is somebody that dad admired and respected said that he could be a champion. Mm. And because dad had a relationship and believed him, he then set on this lifelong journey to understand what does it mean to believe in yourself? Well, during that year, at the end of that year, he finished number two out of 7,000 salespeople. In the previous two and a half years, he'd never been in the top 5,000. Wow. Okay. And so what changed? His belief in himself is what changed. He knew the product. He knew the pitch. He knew the questions. He knew the techniques. He had, you know, he'd been doing it for two and a half years. The only thing that happened was his belief. And so dad would tell that story in the room, and you could almost hear the minds of the people in the room thinking as dad started, wow, this guy's good. He's funny. He's smart. He's intelligent. He, he's, he, he's so eloquent and he tells these great stories. I could never be Zig Ziglar. Right. And then they hear his story and they go, Oh, wait a second. He struggled. He didn't do well in school. His career didn't have a good start. Well, well maybe, maybe if he can, I can. So in the book, that's called identity. When you identify with somebody, so this is how it's relevant. They did a uh, experiment in the book 
or he was citing an experiment where they took a, a class of college uh, algebra students. The professor taught them a new form of algebra, and he started off by saying, hey, this, was, this new formula was discovered by John Edwards, 1852, Edinburgh, Scotland. Then they taught him the formula. And then at the end, they gave a test. And for half the room, when they passed the test out, there was a biography of John Edwards in the middle of the test, and it had the birthday. And for half the room, the birthday was the same birthday as the person they gave it to. Mm. And then for the other half of the room, the birthday was random. So they filmed the kids taking the test. The kids who had the same birthday, on average, worked on the problems 30% longer. So here's the thing. They identified with this guy because they had the same birthday. So they worked on the problems 30% longer. So the reason we want our why to be clearly identified and to share it with others is because it's going to strike a chord with the majority of the people who were there. And whatever we're asking them to take action on, they're going to try it 30% longer. That's fantastic. And we just talked about this uh, recently. One of my partners here at Brain Trust, Dan Doherty, and, and he's uh, finishing his dissertation. So he's going to soon be in the same acronistic category as you with the NERD, as I tease him about. But we joke about how critical the why story is. And, and he made a comment to a client the other day who didn't feel like part of their story was that relevant. And he said, you do not know which part of your story is going to light up and connect individually with an individual. You don't know. So you can't leave out the stuff that you feel like isn't relevant because it could be the very thing that somebody relates to that makes them believe in themselves that day. And so that's now I love the research. Believe me, behavioral science nerd here. I love that there's research that backs up that not only do I connect and relate to it, but I'm willing to work harder towards the, the implementation of change or to the result. That's fantastic. Right. And so what dad was sharing in his speech is this is why I'm here. Somebody changed my life just giving me a simple idea that I took action on. And it doesn't matter where you are, if you were, you know, the 10th of 12 kids raised in Yazoo City, Mississippi, who never did well in school in the heart of the Great Depression, okay, second poorest family in the community, doesn't matter where you start. If you make the decision, if you choose to take action, your life can go on a journey that you never imagined. Yeah, that, that's outstanding. The other thing that you said there is we, we have a formula now that we teach our clients how to build their why story, and it has to be belief-centric, and it can't be about you even though it is, and it has to involve a sage, someone who intervened in the middle of your life who changed your trajectory, who helped you re- either recognize uh, how to fulfill those beliefs or put you on a trajectory toward that purpose. And that's exactly what you're saying. That's your dad delivered his why story over and over and over again. And that why story became so relatable that it changed other people's why stories. <laughs> and that's, a, that's what we call a legacy, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Is there anything uh, else in, in chapter one with, with, it starts with why that you want to highlight before we move on down the, 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 the train tracks here? Cause I know you get into success versus significance and significance versus legacy. Anything there that you want to add? Yeah. Uh, you know, just a couple of kind of umbrella thoughts. Um, people, especially faith people or people of faith, I found to be hesitant to claiming their purpose or their why. 
because what if you're wrong? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Keep going. Right. If somebody says to you, hey, what's your purpose in life? What's your purpose? Uh, you'll either get, I don't know, or an answer that, you know, everybody has the same answer. Right. Right. And a lot of times it's because what if I pour my life into that and I find out it's the wrong thing? So it's better to hedge. Right. Okay. Now, this is a fallacy because whatever goal or aspiration you have, whatever you think your why is, my encouragement is you go all in. You go 100% because here's the good news. I don't know of anybody's why when they were seven or 10 or 20 didn't evolve, mature, grow, change course a little bit over the period of life. It's always going to change. The audience that we're going to serve is going to change. If I'm a 21-year-old college kid who does Christian camping and, and I'm a counselor, my why might be to minister to other people. Well, when I'm 70 years old, I'm probably not going to be able to serve 12-year-old kids at a camp. Right. It's going to be a different group of people. And so I have this idea, this quote that says, if your calling is bigger than you are, don't worry. Your calling is not meant for who you are today, but for who God created you to become. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I love that concept in general. And I do a fair amount of, of mentoring and coaching. And I frequently get that response that you gave is, well, what if I go all in here? And, I, and it turns out that it's, that it's not right. That's wrong. And my response is always, what if you don't go all in? And it turns out that it was right. You know, you're going to miss the opportunity to walk into your destiny. And you're going to live your life in the safety box and never fulfill your purpose. And so many people are hung up there. And so that leads to significance, which leads to your ability to leave that legacy that you guys, uh, you, your father, your whole organization are so uh, not only proud um, that that you wear that banner, but that that you've seen so many people working towards that that legacy piece, right? Absolutely. You know, we use the words success, significance, and legacy a lot. And I'll give, you know, three short kind of definitions because a lot of times people are like, well, what's the difference between each one? Um, Dad said that success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. And our culture in the world that we grow up in, it's very toxic. And we compare our success to other people. And bottom line is, is you don't have the experiences or the gifts and talents of anybody else in the world. You got yours. Everybody's uniquely different. And so you can only compare your success to what you do with the gifts and talents and experiences that you had. And so that's awesome. That frees us up from the comparison game. Right. <laughs> so every morning is, did I maximize? So significance, so success is a kind of what we achieve for ourselves significance is when we help someone else be, do, or have more than they thought possible. It's awesome. I mean, I just, it's, it's real simple. So happiness and success are related, right? Because if we, if we do a positive action, we get an endorphin rush, the success, it creates happiness, uh, whether it's achieving a goal or, or closing a sale or growing our business or, or whatever it is. But it's always based on the circumstance. With significance, uh, joy is connected to that. Because 
I can be going through the most difficult time, or, you know, an, an illness, maybe I lost someone close to me, maybe my business is struggling. But if I've poured into somebody else and they come back to me and they say, hey, Tom, what you shared with me, I used it and it changed my life. I can experience joy regardless of my circumstances. And I, and I, and I, I love that idea with significance versus success. I think I'm guessing that people are going to have to be pausing this episode a lot and rewinding and writing down stuff because I think what you just said, we could probably stop the whole podcast and just say that's it. That's that's the that's the the curly from City Slickers. That's the one thing, right? The one big idea <laughs> of your being able to understand the difference between success being good, maximizing your own talents and gifts to be successful that God gave you, but that'll bring you happiness. But significance comes from your ability to do that same thing for others, which brings you joy. Right. And those are different. And then kind of to me, um, you know, dad passed away almost seven years ago now. Um, That's hard to believe. We were thinking legacy before that, but boy, did we get legacy after that. And so the definition that I have for legacy, legacy is when you teach and transfer the wisdom, the truth, and the habits to those that you love, which can be family. Usually we think of legacy as our our blood, right? Our family. But at Ziegler, we adopt everybody. I mean, mean, you're family, okay? Excellent. So legacy is when you teach, transfer uh, the wisdom, the truth, God's knowledge, and the habits to those that you love so that they will make good decisions that will ripple through eternity. That's legacy. So Mark Batterson, he said this, um, he, he said that um, an inheritance is something you leave to someone. A legacy is what you leave in someone. Wow. All right, everyone, so, pause that one. They're going to pause again yeah. and write. <laughs> I can hear the audience pausing to write. <laughs> yeah. So, so to me, the ultimate goal is legacy because legacy is not stuff that we leave behind that they can use. It's transferring the habit of making good decisions based on God's wisdom and truth. Yeah, that's actually I mean, that's. That's really what it is. Now, here's what's cool. If if success is your goal, especially if you don't have a good definition of it, there's no guarantee that you will achieve significance or legacy. But if legacy is your goal, then success and significance are just stepping stones on the way. Yeah. If you've achieved legacy, you can't help but achieve success and significance, right? The, right. The, the building blocks. That's fantastic. Thanks for listening to part one of the Driving Change podcast in our interview with Tom Ziegler. Stay tuned for part two with Tom when we're going to tackle some practical steps that are going to help you drive personal change that will lead to you being able to leave the legacy that you were meant to leave. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, 
thought leaders and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.